Welcome back to the second episode in our Homeschool CEO Single Mom series. Today I'm interviewing Danielle Chauvet from Knitting Nicely. Now, Danielle's story is a little different than some of our other moms. You see, she unexpectedly became a single mom to six kids in the middle of the night when her husband was arrested. How bizarre is that? But you know what? Danielle stood up, she amplified her business, she stepped it up, and she became a homeschooling single mom CEO who is now managing it all. And I know her story will inspire you. So let's get started. Welcome to the Homeschool CEO Podcast, the podcast dedicated to entrepreneurs who want to successfully homeschool their kids while running a profitable business. In this podcast, we'll reveal the truth of what it really looks like behind the scenes of an entrepreneur who homeschools and how to make it all work. If you're an entrepreneur who currently homeschools or you want to start, you are in the right place, my friend. With 16 years experience combining entrepreneurship with homeschooling, I'm your host, Jen Myers, and this is the Homeschool CEO Podcast. All right. Everybody, I am so excited today to bring Danielle to introduce you to her. She is actually one of the very original members, like the OG of Homeschool CEO. Um, She is local to me because when Homeschool CEO first started, I wasn't 100% sure what all of this would look like. And so I basically just opened Homeschool CEO up online to my itty bitty area of local homeschool moms. And Danielle said, yes, sign me up. And she joined our group. So she has been with us since the very beginning. And she was actually, when she shared her story with us, just so you guys know, she was the first single mom homeschool CEO that I had ever met. And I was just blown away. And then we ended up with several more, even in that original group. And they just blow my mind. They are so inspiring. And today I can't wait for you to hear her story. So uh, Danielle, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell our audience a little bit more about you. Okay. Um, I am a homeschool mom. I actually was homeschooled from fifth grade all the way through high school. And I loved it. I loved the interaction I had with my mom. So I wanted to continue that with my own kids. And it was a huge priority for me. So when I became single, I definitely wanted to keep doing that. That was not something I was willing to give up. So I made a way for myself to be able to continue that as well as support my own kids. Oh, so good. And how old are your kids? Um, My oldest is 17. She'll be graduating next year. And my youngest will be turning eight in August. Oh, that's a big span. Okay. So (laughs) tell me a little bit about how you became single. As much as you want to share, you don't have to share the whole story. It's totally up to you. How old were your kids? What was that all like? So I became single kind of um, as a surprise. I had been married to this man for almost 20 years. And I woke up one night with the police banging on my door, um, telling me to put my hands in the air and basically telling me, (laughs) asking me about my husband, where my husband was. I had no idea because I had basically been sleeping alone for several years. So I really didn't know where he was. Um, I wasn't able to go to my children and comfort them. They knew that they had woken up because of the police banging on my door. Um, So it was a really big stressor for me. And I, it turns out that he was arrested and he is now in prison. And so I became single overnight. Wow. <laughs> okay. So, wow. That is, that's just so much to unpack. And so here you are, did you already have your business then or were you simply just staying at home and homeschooling the kids? 
I had my knitting nicely business. I had started it uh, about a year before his arrest, um, but I was not treating it as an actual business. I was, I was actually treating it more like a hobby. Like this is something I enjoy doing. So I'm going to put my stuff, you know, up on Etsy and see where it goes. I was actually working with a local photographer. What I was doing back then was knitting little newborn outfits. And so this photographer would buy my yarn for me and then I would create outfits and then put my patterns for those outfits up on Etsy. And that was my business hobby slash hobby. All right. So did you use that then as a way to cope, like through the marriage and through the divorce? Like what role did the business play in that transition and that journey? Okay. So before my ex was arrested, I actually used knitting to kind of hide. Um, it was, it was not a good marriage. There was a lot of mental and emotional abuse. And so I used knitting to kind of stay in my own little space. And then after his arrest, I also used knitting as a way to cope with stress of the whole situation. I wasn't able to knit as much because I was trying to find a way to support my family, but I did still use it a lot for the stress. That's so good. I feel like, especially, you know, as a single mom, whether you're going through a divorce or maybe you're a single mom already, it's so important that each of us find something where we can do self-care and manage our stress levels and just something to kind of get away. And it sounds like that's what knitting was for you. And then it became your business. Definitely. Definitely. Wow. I think that's just so important. So tell me about that first year. So here you are, you were already homeschooling, but now you're trying to find a way to support yourself. You're unexpectedly single. What did you learn from that first year? What were your biggest takeaways? Uh, I learned to be more confident in myself. I spent the first six months with my parents. I moved into my parents' house so that we could have a place to live because where I was living before, there was no way I could afford the, the mortgage payments. So we immediately lit, left that house. In fact, my children never even stepped foot in that house again. Um, we went directly to my parents and lived there. And um, I kind of just had to recenter myself. Like, who am I? I didn't really know who I was um, because of the way the marriage had played out. I had lost who I was. And so I just started, you know, really thinking about what things do I, I love. Knitting was one of them, crocheting. Um, I love doing things with my hands. So I think the biggest takeaway for me was to be myself, to do something that is my passion. Wow. That is so good. So what did it look like for your kids as far as like, how did they adjust going from, okay, mom was primarily just at home and now she's running businesses to support us and she's a single mom and she's homeschooling. What did the family dynamic look like? How did that affect your kids? It's funny you ask that because I often ask my kids the same thing. How do you see our relationship now and how is it different from before? And um, they always answer, mom, I feel like I am your friend now. I feel like we actually know each other you know, before you were just like the maid and the cook and you would just go hide in your little knitting corner and not really do anything with us. And now you are actually a part of the family. We feel like we actually know you now. So that's ah. how, that's how it changed. So even though now I would say I'm probably way more busy, I'm doing lots more things, but the relationship with my kids has improved a thousand percent. That is amazing. So what does your day look like right now as far as running businesses, taking care of kids, homeschooling, managing everything as a single parent? What does that look like for you? 
Um, well, I'll just give you a little rundown of my day then. Um, I wake up early because right now I'm also working as um, an online ESL teacher. And so I wake up pretty early because I teach Chinese and, and they're awake at <laughs> different times than us. So wake up, I teach the kids for uh, about four hours. And then um, during that time, my own kids are either sleeping or they're just waking up and they're starting to get their own schoolwork done. So the way I have my homeschool set up is the kids do their own um, schoolwork in the morning while I'm working. And then um, after I'm done with my work, then they can ask me questions about anything that they are not understanding in their homeschooling. And I can go over the different things that I need to with them in homeschooling. And then in the afternoon, like around four or five, I put my work down and the rest of the day is, is focused on family. That is so good. So how much time with all of your kids combined, like how much time do you spend actually homeschooling your kids? Cause I know a lot of right now, like our entrepreneurs and their single moms and they're like, man, I get all my work done while the kid's at school. And what if like, how much more time does it take you to homeschool versus, you know, sending them off to school? Um, well, homeschooling is not schooling at home. So <laughs> true. So true. I want everyone to hear what she just said. So true. All right. It's completely different. And every homeschool looks different than every other homeschool. So um, you can use mine as example of what you could do in your homeschool, but everyone is different. So the way I homeschool is my kids are, um, I have three, well, almost three in high school. So those high schoolers are able to actually do a lot of their school on their own such as like math. Most of their math is done completely on their own. And then at the end of the week, I check their work to make sure they're understanding it. If they're doing a really good job in understanding, then I let them skip right over to their test and they can take their test. I do have uh, a couple younger kids who need more one-on-one. So that one-on-one work is done in the afternoon. But total time every day for me as the homeschool parent, I would say no, no more than three or four hours tops. And that's with how many kids? That's with six kids. Wow. Okay. So do you do like online schooling? Are you unschooling? What type of school homeschool method are you using? Um, pretty much all of their schoolwork is done through textbooks. I am looking into more online stuff next year, but this year and all previous years, I've always used textbooks. And I have it set up so that they are textbooks that they they are able to do on their own. So if, if it was a textbook that required a lot of parent involvement, I wouldn't choose that one. I would choose a curriculum that the, the child, it's more child-led. They can figure it out on their own. Um, some of the high school courses, I let the children have their answer key. It's on an honor system. And then at the end of the week, I check to make sure that they're still doing the honor system. I'm not, you know, cheating. <laughs> But yeah, so it's it's mainly a child-led education, which I feel like is the best because it sets them up as they're learning to be adults to learn on their own and not rely on somebody else to learn something. So. Oh, that is so good. Okay, so which textbooks are you using? Do you use a particular curriculum or are you kind of piecemealing it? Which ones are you using? Like I know my, my ladies right now are going, okay, tell me, tell me exactly <laughs> where I can go check this out. Which ones are you using? Okay, so um, I use Not Grass History, and the kids just will read. Actually, they it's more of a classroom setting for Not Grass. So four of my children are in Not Grass, all the same, the same curriculum for all four of them. And the older students will read to the younger students. And then I have the older students help the younger students, like they'll ask them questions about what they read. And sometimes I'll have the older students do a written assignment on what they read. The younger students are more oral 
answers at this point. And then I use Apologia Science. I really love the way they um, they just write it with a lot of humor and understanding. So um, I also have two of my students are in uh, one of their curriculums and two other students are in a lower curriculum. So, you know, the, the two students will be learning that same curriculum together. The two other students learn the same curriculum together. Okay, so my older high schoolers use friendly chemistry and they're in the same curriculum as well. So they'll, they can play off each other. I like the idea of them being able to, you know, oh, did you get this question? No, I didn't. How do you figure that out? And it's kind of like a, a classroom type setting for them. Oh, that is a good idea because then they, the reality is in life, we learn a lot from our peers. Like even yes. in homeschool CEO, we figure things out together. Like we ask questions, you know, it isn't always us going to an expert. It's us going right. to our peer going, Hey, what do you know that I don't know? You know, exactly. I literally just asked a question. They were, we were talking about this morning. Um, actually it was you that we're, we're talking about some program that you figured out how to make money yeah. with your YouTube. I was like, tell me more. And so I love, I love that you're engaging your kids now at this age to learn that skill, because that's a soft skill, that collaboration right. skill that a lot of people don't have, especially with traditional schooling, because they really, in general, not every teacher, but they tend to promote competition over collaboration. But right. the reality is once you get out of school, it's all about collaboration. Right. And actually, even in my homeschooling, when I was homeschooled, um, that was one thing that I was missing because I didn't have when my when my mom taught me in our homeschooling, all of us were in a separate curriculum. So we didn't have that collaboration idea. And so that's one of the reasons I do it in my homeschooling so that when my kids, if they want to go to college, they'll already know how to work as a group instead of just being all on their own all the time. Yes, that is, that's so important. And I think that that's something that really lacks. That's one thing, you know, people have talked about like classical education with like CC because it, it involves that collaboration. And I love yes. that you're doing that at home. Now, what does your extracurricular activities look like? Because I know like a lot of our entrepreneurs too are going, I don't know if I can add anything else to my plate. So what does that look like? Are you in co-ops? Do you do online stuff? Do you just say, okay, that is not for us. I'm just focusing on business and homeschooling. Like, what does that look like? Um, because I was homeschooled growing up, I don't feel like the strong pull towards joining different homeschooling groups. Um, I know that's important for people who have never experienced homeschooling before or who don't have support from their family. Um, but for me, because I have my mom and uh, two of my sisters are also homeschooling, when I have a homeschooling type question, I can always rely on them and say, oh, I can't figure out how to do this. What did you guys do? But for my schooling, the homeschool group going to a different place to do a class on a different day just seems to cut into our schedule. So I don't do any of that. For extracurricular stuff, when they are finished with their school for the day, they get to choose whatever they want. So for instance, my oldest daughter, she's really into art. So she loves to do like sculpting. She loves to do animation. That's one of the things she wants to do as an adult is be an animator. So she'll practice on her iPad, different ways of animating the things that she's drawn. My son loves Minecraft. He's learning how to code through Minecraft. You know, he's one of his desires is to become a coder or an engineer. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I kind of let them just do the things that they're really interested in after they're done with their scheduled homeschooling curriculum. That's awesome because that almost implements kind of an unschooling methodology as well, but mm -hmm. it's kind of uh, disguised as this is your fun time. You know, we did that. Somebody was telling me the asking me questions the other day about 
we had a school schedule that you had to be doing educational things between nine and three, Mm. but you could prove, you could argue that things were educational. Like I had one kid that was learning Spanish by watching Dora the Explorer. That kid is now fluent in Spanish, but he would have to prove to me, mom, this is educational because I'm learning Spanish. And Mm -hmm. then he would come to me every day and tell me the Spanish words he learned. Um, Right. So I love that. I also have an artist. Um, my daughter is an artist and now she's a very successful nice. tattoo artist and just published her first coloring book on Amazon. And, but that's the same thing in all of her free time, we encouraged her to do art and she loved it. And now yes. she's making money from it. Right. So what would you say that your biggest challenge is being a single homeschool CEO? Um, presently, my biggest challenge is actually saying, okay, at this time I am stopping my homeschool um, work like my CEO work mm-hmm. and I'm focusing on the family because for me, I tend to be a go, go, go person. <laughs> I don't want to stop um, creating and doing more business type work. So for me right now, it's separating between my actual CEO type work and my homeschool work to make sure and family work, you know, family time, um, making sure that, that, that there's a cutoff so that I'm actually focusing on family or I'm focusing on work. That is so good. And you know what? I feel like a lot of homeschool CEOs, whether they're married or single, have that same challenge because we do have so many, it's like we're juggling. We have so many balls in the air that to focus on one, we have to really get, otherwise we're not present. Like we have to get really present in what we're doing to the exclusion of other things in order to really make things a priority. Because you know, context switching doesn't work. When you switch from one activity to the other, it just slows everything down. Yeah, and you're you only giving half your brain to it. <laughs> you are because it takes so much time to go from one thing to another. Yeah. Oh, that is so good. So what have you found then to help you with that? Like, what is your solution that you're implementing to make that easier for you? Um, so just last week, I actually wrote out each day schedule, like from this time to this time, I'm doing this. From this time to this time, I'm doing this. And then at three o'clock or four o'clock, depending on the day, business is over. It's hard to do because your business is at home. Right. <laughs> but you know, it's not like you're you're going to an office and then you're coming home and everything at the office stays there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm trying to implement that idea that at four o'clock, I'm no longer at office. I am now home. <laughs> so yeah, that schedule that this time I'm doing this. And actually looking at that schedule and saying, okay, it's four o'clock, office is closed. That Yeah. So you've created like a time blocking system right. for you and for the kids. And then I think that helps too, especially for kids to know this is mom's work time. Yes. You know, it's not that you don't love them, but it's that you have to focus on that work so that when it comes to family time, work time can be closed and walked yes. away from. And, you know, to tell you the truth, at first, when I first started being CEO and doing a business and supporting my family, my kids actually had to be trained on how to do, how to be self-disciplined to actually do their school while I was doing my work. You know, at first it was, oh, mom's doing work, time to play. She won't know because she's busy. (laughs) But, you know, so they actually need to be taught and trained that, no, this is school time. And when you're done with school, if you, if you finish your school before mom's done with work, then you can play. And then we'll go back to your questions after mom's done with school or done with work. Okay. So how did you train them? Did you do like a reward (laughs) system? Like, Hey, if you get this done, what did you do? 
Um, actually, what I did was, you know, if they decided to start playing without their schoolwork being done, then they had to do their school during the weekend, <laughs> which is really no fun. Yeah. You know, they have to be caught up on school before they get to play. That is so good. I know another homeschool CEO that her kids earn weekend time. Like mm. if, in order to have free time on the weekend on Friday, she gives them basically a lot of leeway during the week to kind of, because it teaches them self-regulation, self-discipline. Yes. And that's important. I think that's yes. really lacking in our generation and the next generation that dis, that self, the self-driving and self-discipline. Yes. And so she doesn't check her, the stuff until Friday. And then on Friday, if it's not done, then they get to work through the weekend. So very similar. Yes. So it doesn't happen very often, but she said her kids, I think they're eight and 10 now. They're very motivated to get their stuff done during the week. So that yes. their weekends can be totally free. Mm-hmm. And it's not that she's punishing them on the weekend. It's that she's rewarding them with the free time. Exactly. Hey, you finish. And, and some of my students, to tell you the truth, there's a couple of my children who like to work ahead. Mm-hmm. And I see no problem with that. They will work two weeks time in one week. And then they get a full week off, which is a, a huge bonus for homeschooling. You know, they can schedule their own time. They have a certain schedule for the entire year, but if they want to compact that into a smaller amount of time, that's their decision and they get to do whatever they want to do. That is so time. Yeah. Yeah. I love because you're teaching, you're preparing them to be adults, right? Because as adults, nobody, especially as business owners, we don't have anybody looking over our shoulder. Exactly. There are times with my business, with like my Facebook ad side of my business, where I may do a campaign two weeks ahead of time on purpose because I know that one week I have stuff going on and I want to mm-hmm. do other things. And that's one of the perks of being a CEO, you know, because I'm not trading time for dollars. I'm doing it on my time in my mm-hmm. way. And that's what you're training your kids to do. Yes. So exactly. good. Okay. So now I want to switch gears just for a minute. And I want to talk because we have several different types of women right now that are listening. And we talked a little bit about this before we got on air today. So some of our women are where you were in that hard marriage. You didn't have a choice at that point to be a single mom or not. You know, that was an outside force that said, okay, overnight, you are going to be a single mom and you Mm -hmm. are going to do this on your own. So that's one, you know, there are women right now who are like, crap, I never planned to be a, you know, I'm, I'm already homeschooling my kids and my husband just left me or, Mm -hmm. or my husband passed away or different, you know, all different things, but they didn't ask to be a single mom. Right. What would you say to them where they are right now? I would say, give yourself grace. The first year, (laughs) seems like a long time. The first year after everything happened to me, we took a step back on homeschooling. I did not push for them to finish everything for that school that was scheduled out because it was already scheduled out for the year. Mm -hmm. I didn't push it. I said, hey, you know what? You've just been through a huge trauma. You do what you can do. So that's, you know, that's another bonus for homeschooling. You can actually help your children deal with things that they're going through by saying, let's take a step back. Let's figure this out. And then we can come back to your, your education at a later date. Oh, that is so good because yes, as a single mom and for you too, you know, to be, to give your, you space to heal, to give them space to heal and just to be, because I think we really, we push ahead so much in life that sometimes we just need to sit in it and process it so that we can come out stronger on the other end. Mm-hmm. That is so and wise. We did end up having to go a little bit into the, the summer because there are certain subjects that I don't want them to fall behind in, like math, mm-hmm. you know, the important ones. 
But the other subjects, I figured, you know, we can catch up next year. It's fine. Yeah. No problem. For sure. For sure. Okay. And then, so that's one group of women. So the other group of women are, you know, they were already single mom CEOs. So they already have businesses that are supporting Mm -hmm. them and their kids. But because of the pandemic, if you're listening to this at a later date right now, you know, it's the end of May, 2020, and we were still going through the coronavirus pandemic and everything is shut down. And all these kids have been sent home for the last, you know, eight to 12 weeks. But these single moms have already been running businesses and now they have their kids home and they're going, am I crazy to think that I could do this long-term? Like they've been following the school curriculum, but now they're looking at like choosing their own curriculum. Mm-hmm. What would you say to them, the, the moms who are considering homeschooling starting fall of 2020? Um, so homeschooling options are amazing right now. There are so many different curriculums you can choose from, but because there's so many options, it can be also overwhelming. So um, my recommendation is if you're just starting out and this is your first year homeschooling, find a curriculum that has kind of a kit form so that, you know, it's already all figured out for you. And then maybe a year from now or two years from now, you can kind of learn from that and form your own curriculum. So for me, I've been homeschooling for, you know, 12, 13 years now. Um, I still use Timberdoodle timberdoodle.com, which has a homeschool kit, but I customize that kit. So I pick and choose things from that kit that I feel would be good for my children. Um, and then I just go from there. And I think another thing that's really important for homeschoolers who, especially who are just starting out homeschooling is to make sure you have a schedule for the entire year. Like just sit down for six kids. It took me a couple days, full days of scheduling out every single one of their books for the whole year so that they know exactly, okay, today I have to do so many pages in this subject and I have to do so many pages in this subject. And that way um, I can look back and say, hey, did you finish this for today? <laughs> mm-hmm. Instead of being, oh, I think I need to do so-and-so pages. I'm not really sure. You know, having that schedule is super important. So you know where you're at and know what you need to do. I think that is so wise because and I used to be like this. So if, if you're a mama and you're going, yeah, I'm just kind of fly by the seat of my pants. Like I don't have a schedule. I mm-hmm. ran into exactly what you just said. My, my youngest, especially you're like, I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing. So maybe I do three pages. Maybe I do one page or maybe I don't do yeah. anything because I don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. And when I had that attitude of just keep working ahead, I felt like they just didn't get anything done. Right. But when I switched to scheduling it, it was like having the blueprint and the game plan. Exactly. The clarity in this case created the action. You know, generally it's action creates clarity, but in this particular case for homeschooling, really having that action plan made everything so much more simpler because like I told somebody the other day, there's freedom in scheduling. I used to think of schedules as like this confining. Like a prison. Yeah. Yeah. Like a prison. <laughs> like this have op- to do this today. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's like this oppressive cha- ball and chain type yeah. of thing. But then I learned that actually that schedule gave me the freedom and flexibility to be like in that brain space to be like, I don't have to think about what I have to do today. It's done. Like I know what I'm doing. And then check. You don't have it scheduled. Your, your brain is thinking, okay, so we did so many, this many pages last week. I don't really know how many pages we need to do to be able to finish. So what do I do? Yeah. 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 (laughs) But if it's already on page, then you just go, oh, this is what we do. Let's do it. 
That is so good. Okay. So I have one last question. Uh, because you are part of the original homeschool CEO and you're also part of our paid membership for the society, how has that changed things for you? Um, because you don't go to co-ops, you know, so as far as connecting with other homeschool moms, how has that helped you or what has that meant to you as a single homeschool CEO? Um, it's just given me a group of women that when I have a question or I'm struggling with something, I know that I can post a question in the group and somebody's going to answer like within a day. There's always somebody to help with whatever I'm asking a question, whether it be homeschooling or whether it be a question about my business. If I'm trying to grow a certain area of my business, I'll be able to just, hey, I don't know how to do this. Does somebody here know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> usually somebody does. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, you know, the homeschool CEOs community is it's because we're a bunch of women that get each other because yeah. I don't know about you because I know you didn't go to co-op, but I used to go to co-ops and they didn't get me because mm. they didn't have a business or I would go to business networking events and they didn't really get me either because mm. I homeschooled. So I was in like this weird middle ground <laughs> of blending both worlds and I couldn't find my people, you know? So I am so glad because honestly, so you guys, Danielle lives like, what do you, I think you live like 30 minutes from me probably. Yeah. But without years. homeschool CEO, we probably would have never met each other. Right. <laughs> like, isn't that, isn't that crazy to think about that and how powerful that is? Like the internet or 30 yeah. minutes, I could get in my car and drive to your house in 30 minutes. Crazy to think about. <laughs> but I would have never met you had I not right. opened up homeschool CEO, had you not said, yes, I'm going to take a chance and I'm going to join this and mm -hmm. become part of our community. Yeah. Isn't that wild? So wild. it is wild. <laughs> Right. I'm super happy that you started this too and have continued it and grown it so that we have this huge community of women that are doing the same thing. Yes, I love it. It was I very supportive. It. Thank you. Well, tell our audience where they can find you online. Um, my business is Knitting Nicely, but it's smelled, spelled differently. So okay. knitting is spelled with a silent K and my business is also the, the nicely is spelled with a silent K. So it's knitting nicely. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Okay. And we'll link that below in the show notes as well. Okay. Are you on Instagram, Facebook? Um, I'm on Instagram, but my Instagram is my name. So it's Donnie Chauvet. And then on Facebook, I have a Facebook page called Knitting Nicely. I'm also on Etsy as Knitting Nicely. And I am just starting a, um, a business page in Pinterest and it will be called Knitting Nicely as well. All right. And quickly tell us what you do with Knitting Nicely. Like how can what you do help our moms and their kids and how do you serve them? Um, I love to help moms and daughters create awesome memories together um, as they learn to knit. Um, right now I'm working on a um, making a pot holder with my daughter and it's just a really fun time to just sit together. We can talk about different things. Um, you know, our focus isn't on like a TV screen or a computer screen. Our focus is on me helping and my daughter learning. And um, sometimes I learn something new while I'm teaching her. And it's just a really great way to just communicate and, and create a nice bond between the two of us. So that's what I like to help other women to do with their daughters and sons if they want. I have a son that's expressed an interest in learning how to crochet. So we'll be, that, we'll be starting with him soon. <laughs> that's awesome. How old do kids need to be in order to learn to knit? Um, they need to have some, a little bit of fine motor skills. Okay. Um, so I would say the youngest would probably be around first or second grade, okay. depending on your child. But I actually have read some studies where um, there are schools that will not teach reading until they have learned how to knit. 
because the knitting actually helps with reading skills because it teaches you how to go from right to left when you're knitting <laughs> and it helps you, you know, concentrate and it helps with your fine motor skills, which are all important for reading. Okay. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> I did not know that. I saw that you had published a link, but I hadn't followed yes. it yet. It's pretty uh, interesting stuff. Okay. So everybody who's listening, who has kids who aren't yet reading, go check this out because this is a great way for you to bond, to have fun. Um, and give yourself a, like a, I don't even want to call it a coping mechanism, like a thriving mechanism, something for yourself that you can do that's creative to help you. Yeah. And we'll link all of your social media links and your website, everything. We'll link that in the show notes too. So everybody can connect with you. All right. I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. And uh, thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. All right. (laughs) Bye. I hope that you enjoyed Danielle's story as much as I did. You know, She didn't expect to be a single mom, but yet she still took that opportunity to elevate her business in order to keep homeschooling, and I am so incredibly proud of how far she has come as a homeschool CEO. Now, whether you're new to homeschooling or you're new to the single mom life, Danielle's story proves that you can homeschool and run a business as a single mom, even if you have six kids. Now, I want to know What was your biggest takeaway from today's episode? Send me a DM on Instagram and let me know. I'll talk to you soon. Hey friend, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in today. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I really appreciate it. And for more information on connecting with other homeschool CEOs just like you, be sure to check out our website at www.homeschoolceo.com. And as always, Team Homeschool CEO, you ladies inspire me. Thank you for always showing others what is possible. You guys are awesome. See you next week.